Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Arabell. Hello and welcome. It is Thursday, July 25th, 2019. That means it's the heart of the baseball season. I love it. We are here to talk some baseball. It is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast indeed. And I am Tristan H. Cockroft. That's right. It's not Eric first. I... Where is he anyway? He's off hiding somewhere. He's got to be chasing those Phillies down. I'm sure he's up to some scouting craziness or whichever. But in Eric's place, of course, today, AJ Mass joins me again. My friend, my colleague, my good old forecaster buddy. Welcome, AJ. Well, welcome uh, to me. Uh, where am I playing? Where, where's my spot in the lineup? Is Alex Cora protesting this podcast? What's going on? Uh, hold on. 17-minute timeout. Uh, Kyle, we got to, yes, get the order of the, you know, where we're slotting this in taken care of. Hold on. We yep, need to call the New York. We got time. Time on the field. <laughs> time on the field. Kyle Sabi, of course, who presses all the buttons behind the glass, does all this research. He's the man of many different uh, abilities. But, Kyle, yeah, I mean, I, we got to figure this out. I don't know. You know we got to figure out where to slot. You in the lineup, do you count as the DH? Oh, it's too much confusion for me. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. By the end of the season, we'll all be in our right spots. We're, we're not worried. This game is under protest, but it will be determined, you know, early afternoon if it will be published or not. Not good that in the first two minutes of the show that we have a formal protest, because if we have to pick up the show from this point forward, which the listeners might like, it's a lot of show. <laughs> we have a big show today, uh, so why don't we dive right into it? It's the buzz. <laughs> I like keeping this to the big three stories to start, but AJ, I've got a lot of different uh, names involved in the news, hot hands lately. Uh, so the first three I came up with, Shane Bieber. <laughs> we got to talk about Shane Bieber. And it's not as a name to you know pat myself on the back or pat Eric on the... I can't pat himself on his back, but I could pat his back if I was around him, which I'm not right now. Uh, but Bieber threw a brilliant game yesterday against, this would be Wednesday, against the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto, uh, throwing the complete game shutout, his second shutout of the year, as my computer does lovely beeps for me. Uh, and one hit, one walk, he had 10 strikeouts in this game. It's been a pretty extraordinary year for the All-Star. Uh, AJ, I'll throw you this fact for him. There have only been 12 seasons in history of a pitcher getting at least 250 strikeouts, fewer than 50 walks, and seven and a half hits per nine or fewer. And Bieber is on pace for this, which is extraordinary among the active players who have done it. Six of them. Jacob deGrom, Clayton Kershaw, Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander. Well, that is horrible company to be with. Oh, my goodness. Terrible. Uh, Terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, shutouts are so few and far between. I'm sure with those two shutouts, uh, he'll be the, you know, certainly guaranteed to be the leader in that category for the next 10 years. I mean, it's, it's just even to have the opportunity to first out these days, it's, it's impressive in and of itself, let alone multiple in the same season. You know, he's got to be a top 10 pitcher the rest of the way. Uh, that's where I have him ranked in the points leagues. I, I, I'm very impressed by what he's done. I, I have always, my only hesitation with him has been, you know, that there's a little bit of uh, these flare ups from time to time with, They'll have games where suddenly he throws four walks. You know, the, the control just goes away. But, uh, you know, when he's on, he's on. 
And what I'd ask about those walks is just that I, I think that what he's most known for is his control. He has He's had pinpoint control his entire professional career, but this is the first time we've really seen him be a little bit shaky with that at times. If we're going to find anything to nitpick about him, which we're, we're really kind of digging deep on uh, here. The other was just that we worried that with him being too fine with his control, he'd give up home runs. What I worry about is this, AJ, is that we, we often chase the... the you know the hot hand, the the big three month span from a pitcher or even a hitter, um, and then we overrate them the following season. So I mean, are you really locked into Bieber being not only a top ten starting pitcher? What about next year? Do you think he is that caliber player, or do you think there's some sort of regression due? I think there'll probably be some regression, but at, at the same time, I, you know, he's consistently throwing a hundred pitches a game. So I'm not worried about, you know, he's not one of these pitchers who like, will, you know, start walking people and throw 125. And then, you know, the next game he gets pulled early and he's only throwing six. I mean, the workload is consistent. And I like the fact that he's been able to perform at this level while maintaining a consistent workload in terms of his pitch count. Um, I don't know if I want to put him in my top 10 next year to start the season, but is he a number two pitcher for me? And, you know, in the top 20, he probably will be. You think he has long-term? Yeah, I think he's definitely, uh, and he's surrounded by other good pitchers as well, and I know that that's not necessarily a guarantee that it's going to rub off, but, you know, staffs like uh, what Cleveland has going tend, if they stay together, to, you know, kind of lift each other up. I think that the ace is kind of a dying breed. Those six names we mentioned there, yeah, that <laughs> it's almost all there are or have been over the past two to three seasons. So we might have to put Bieber there just because there aren't any better candidates and maybe 10, 15 years ago, Bieber would be the 33rd starting pitcher in our rankings because it's a lot more depth. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's a reason to be pretty excited. I guess we're believers. Uh, Keston Hira. Keston Hira was the player of the week last week, but it's not just the seven-day span in which he's been fantastic. It's actually been since he's been called up from the minors on June 28th. Uh, hit his 10th homer of the season on Wednesday. Uh, and since that June 28th recall, he's hit 360 with five homers, 15 RBI, five stolen bases, 15 runs. And that grades him effectively a top 10 overall fantasy player during that time. So Hira, he's available in a ton of ESPN leagues. I was very surprised to see the numbers this morning. Uh, the second most added player, he's up to 44.6% rostered in ESPN leagues at this stage. Hira, we got to sing his praises, no? Well, no, look, after last uh, podcast, I don't know if anyone's singing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, we missed it up top. What's our karaoke today? Pass. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I think, I think uh, certainly, you know, it makes me long for the days of Travis Shaw. No, no, it does not. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of options in the middle infield. I think that's the only reason that once you hit the all-star break, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of, fantasy managers decide that uh, football is on the horizon. Let me focus there. And I think that's the reason that he's so, you know, low rostered. I think there's definitely, uh, for those who are paying attention, he's on their rosters and they're taking full advantage of uh, this streak. I I don't know if he'll stay this hot, uh, certainly, but uh, I do like the fact that he's, you know, hitting for a little bit of power. There's a little bit of speed. He's one of those guys who can contribute in every category, and that makes him even more valuable in category-based leagues. 
I like the distribution of the batted balls. He's not hitting the ball on the ground very often. The hard contact rate is very good. Those support the numbers quite a bit. The only concern I really have is just the chase rate, 38%, is a little bit high. Swinging strike rate is actually pretty close to 20%. That's a bit of a concern. So there are adjustments for him to make here. I, I think that's very clear. But no platoon split, no anything. He's got the right ballpark. I love what I see so far, and I've been a Hero fan for a long time. I've got a couple of shares in, in the Dynasty Leagues. i I got to call it Dynasty. We were we were informed very well on Monday. It's Dynasty. Um, but, yeah, it's it's quite a run for him. Uh, let's focus on the Rays, AJ, for a second here, because they're they're a little bit banged up, and they're a team that, that kind of out of nowhere, at least as far as we know from the Rays and their history in the trade market, to dabble in said trade market. Uh, they lost a couple of key players lately. We knew about Brandon Lau uh, with him being on the deal with his right shin contusion. Then so far, the recovery hasn't been all that swift there. I'm a little bit concerned about what I hear about his recovery timetable. Kevin Kiermeyer is on the IL as of this past Sunday with a sprained left thumb. He got hurt in Saturday's game from that. And Yandy Diaz, he's on back on the IL, back on the IL again with a left foot contusion. He fouled the ball off his foot, and it looked quite painful in the replay. Um, it's left them in a tough spot. Now, the Rays, AJ, as you and I both know, we they go very matchups heavy here. So when you hear trade talk with them, what's your approach to the Rays in general? There's only two players on the team who are rostered in more than 40% of ESPN League, so there is opportunity. But what direction do you go? They've got Mike uh, Brasso, who's been playing a bit at second base. They've got Travis Darno, who's been filling at first base at times. But do some of these players lose value? Is maybe it more for daily leagues? Yeah, I think it's a daily league situation, as you said. You know, this is a team that's built to deal with these situations. So, I, you know, they're not going to panic. They're not going to go and trade 15 prospects to try to get a superstar like some other teams would do uh, because that's not how they operate. You know, they're just like, all right, well, we'll just put our backup catcher at first base and, you know, Travis can play there. Or, you know, they, they you know, they added Matt Duffy uh, to replace Diaz. And Matt Duffy is a guy who's had a hamstring injury, hasn't been around all year. But, you know, last year before, before, you know, all the injuries and everything, I thought he was going to be a lot better than he ended up being. He's just been hurt a lot. If he's healthy, I think this is a guy who can hit for a full season, 25 home runs very easily. Um, and now, you know, they're basically adding him for free uh, at this point. So they'll make do with the pieces they have. Maybe they'll make, uh, you know, a, a trade here, a trade there. But if anything, I think they almost are the type of organization that will be sellers. Rather than buyers, just in terms of, well, you know, we got these young players, we'll just, we'll, we'll trade and we'll get more prospects and just do the same thing again next year. So Joe Panic is a Tampa Bay Ray. Uh, not, <laughs> not, not necessarily. Hey, you never know what the Giants and their whole trade finaglings. They've, it's crazy what the Giants have done this month with their hot hands. We mentioned that a little bit on Monday, but, uh, some of the names that, that the Rays had been connected to, Nicholas Castellanos, Jesus Aguilar, I saw a little, chatter about him, Hunter Pence. I, I'd agree. I think this this really is, in the absence of the better names, the mix-and-match team. And until I see otherwise, I'm not going to make any sort of rash judgments. Um, Darno, you know, I'll, I'll leave that into Gary Sanchez's injury, just because the catcher position is such a tough spot here. And it also gives us the opportunity to talk a little bit about this crazy Yankees twin series. So in that that <laughs> that was a great game on Tuesday. I will admit I did miss the end of it. I nodded off. It was a um, lot of fun. That's a heck of a way to end a game. But that, it's oh becoming more and more common. You were 100% accurate when we saw that series in Colorado a few weeks ago. And you said this might become more of the norm. And I kind of doubted it. But there's so many runs being scored. It's crazy. Oh, I know. And I mean, like, the, the great thing in that one, we had four blown saves, lead changes in the late innings. 
the worst part for me is when I'm watching these late games at night, and this, this happens in football too. Like I'll, I'll get to you know late in the game, three quarters of the way through, not often, wake up right right before the end. And I'm like, wait, wait, what happened? A certain Super Bowl kind of sticks in my head for that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, focusing on this game, Gary Sanchez, the injury he had, it was a grade one left groin strain. And the problem with this one is that while that sounds minor, the Yankees didn't give a timetable. This does not sound like it's necessarily 10 days. So Austin Romine, Kyle Higashioka will have to fill in in his absence. Um, but any concern about the catcher position as a whole, who would you add? Uh, you know, if, if I'm in a league where I can just stream catchers, that's what I'm doing because there's really there's nothing at this position. There, there really isn't. It, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know, the, the, the guys who are in your starting lineup, if you're in a one-catcher league, 10-team league, those guys are gone. And after that, I, you know, you're barely having uh, the ability to, to fill those 10. So I, I don't even care, quite frankly. I, I mean, it sounds a bit cold, but, like, just pick whatever – catchers available that day uh, who's facing a good matchup and then got them and pick the next guy because they're all out there cold as it sounds i mean in fairness it has been a terrible position and it does kind of encapsulate <laughs> dealing with the catcher position as a whole and if you had sanchez it's maddening because you, you can't replace him uh, among some of the names available darno that's one of the reasons i brought up sanchez next is uh, available in 90 percent of espn leagues brian mccann who's had a surprisingly good year is uh, available in about 94 percent of leagues but aj to your point i i think i would mix and match best i could because a lot of these teams are going with the the hitting specialists and then the defensive specialists so you can't even count on a full slate of games in a given week uh, let's talk two more hot hands. Jordan Alvarez, pretty extraordinary what he's done. Uh, 32 career games for him. That's how many he has in the tank already. And I'll geeky stat this one just to give you an idea of where he stands so far in those 32. The geeky stat of the day. Holy freak out. The geek is gone berserk. So since 1908, which is where we have the, the full box score data, thanks to Baseball Reference for this one, uh, 35 RBI for Alvarez. They're tied for second of any player in history through 32 career games with Albert Pujols, trailing only Ted Williams, 36. His 11 homers are tied for sixth, and his 83 total bases are tied for eighth. It's pretty extraordinary, and when you think Astros here, he's a major part of the team, AJ. Uh, but there's been chatter about would the Astros try to add some reinforcements of the trade deadline, and might they use another prospect like Kyle Tucker, who we were mentioning months ago as a guy who could potentially get called up. you have any interest in uh, stashing Tucker, and what do you see for Alvarez's future? Yeah, the thing with Alvarez is, I mean, the next time that he has two consecutive games without a strikeout will be the first time in his career. He just strikes out way too much. You know, the points league guy um, that depresses his value, so while he's you know, on borderline of the top 100 hitters for me, um, he should be with with that batting average and that power. He should be way higher on that list. It's just it's the, the value that he gets sucked out of him for those strikeouts is really, really sad. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, he's someone who I'm not necessarily looking to go out and add to my uh, roster because of that in points leagues. But if I have him, I'm going to stick with him because obviously, you know, when you have a batting average this high and he's batting like 340 earlier this month. Uh, you can't argue with that success, even in a small sample size. I'm going to I'm going to squeeze the lemon until it is all gone. Uh, Tucker, on the other hand, you know I don't know. Uh, I would have thought he would be up by now already. Uh, so I don't know that he's necessarily going to even be in this organization. He's someone that they could trade if they're looking to add that one extra piece. To, to, you know, in the next week, I'll certainly wait a week before I add him. 
I, I think they'd have to get a premium name, and I think it's going to be a pitcher. And the problem with that is when I think of premium names for pitchers, the only kind of caliber players who you're going to trade Kyle Tucker for are guys like Trevor Bauer. And we know that's probably not going to fit in Houston necessarily. I'm sure Bauer and Alex Bregman, that would be a very interesting uh, take for us for, as the baseball fans from the outside. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, Alvarez, do you think he improves at all in terms of the contact, though? I mean, I look at the the, the chase rates not extraordinarily high, 34%. Swinging strikes, 11.3%. I wonder whether he can improve. In the minors, he was a little bit better than this. Um, I think he can improve, but I need, I need to see some signs of it. Like I said, uh, I, I, give me two straight games without a strikeout. That's all I'm asking Fair, for. fair. Um, well, a guy who doesn't strike out quite as much as Alvarez is Trey Turner. So Trey Turner had a cycle on a Tuesday, hit for the cycle. It's been the second time he's done that in his career. Uh, and here's the part about Trey Turner is when you think about when he's been active, he, I, I think he's been a little bit of a disappointment compared to what you paid for him in the preseason. So, AJ, to throw out some numbers for you, since May 17th, the day he returned from his broken finger, he's played 58 games, batted 282, six home runs, 17 steals. Now, that's third in the majors, one away from the lead, um, and 38 runs scored. Those are the, the key highlights from his stat line. That makes him only roughly a top 50 player during that timetable. So are we overrating Trey Turner, or are the steals in this environment still worth that that premium pick, that premium player in trade? Yeah, I, I think there we would not be questioning anything about him if he hadn't gotten hurt, quite frankly. I, I just think the numbers would be there and at a level where you, you wouldn't even ask the question. I, I know you're, you're, you're thin-slicing and saying, well, just for this you know stretch, he, he's doing you know very well. Uh, but maybe not what we expected from like a first round draft pick. And I, I, I think that's all it is, is that if he was batting 300, you know, hadn't missed the time, didn't need the time to, to, to rehab and everything, there would be no questions here. I, yeah, and, and I like that point. I mean, if I paste the numbers, and I'm just going to go with the stolen bases here. I did a rough calculation of this. He'd be on pace for 46 stolen bases, which is about what I think people expected from him in the preseason. I wonder whether the power contributions just aren't as valuable nowadays, so he really looks like a one-category player. I still like the guy. I like locking in 40-plus stolen bases from my shortstop or my middle infielder if I've got an even better shortstop. I know people who have Francisco Lindor as their number one guy and Turner's their two. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite a, yeah, an excess I, of riches. Well, if you, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that your shortstop was going to give you 15 home runs and 30, 35 stolen bases, wouldn't you be thrilled with that? Yeah. I mean, that's, this comes down to that idea of do you want the first-round pick to... Who has missed a month, you know? Yeah, I'm, this is the thing. The debate often comes down to the first-round picks as to whether you want the player who's going to put up MVP numbers or whether you want the high floor. And Turner is meeting that high floor argument. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's not because of lack of performance. It's because he, he was out. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to ding a guy who's going to give me stats that I would have signed up for from that position at the beginning of the season and, and did it in a, a month less time where I was able to put somebody in there. Obviously, you know, replacement value. Uh, but someone else who adds a little bit to that number. Do we criticize him for the injuries, though? That would be the question. With the, with the floor, do we need to adjust the floor? Um, at, at some point, perhaps you do, but, you know, no. Not, not, when, it's, not when it's the first week injury and, and, and you and a came broken back finger. in a month. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not an injury I think I would necessarily criticize him for. All right, so... <laughs> I, 
I got to ask a Mets question just because uh, crazy fact here in Robinson Cano's case, 36 years old. It's the first time in his career he had three homers in a game, uh, did this in the Tuesday contest. So is there anything here to Robinson Cano? AJ, I've got to throw out the number since the All-Star break. It's picking a ridiculously small sample. But yes, in 11 games, he's a 310 hitter with five home runs during that span. Is there any value left in him? Should people be going to pick him back up? No, no, there isn't. Uh, you know, he had a really fluky night. Uh, it was fun to watch, but uh, those it's not like those balls you know, flew off the bat and you're like, oh, that's gone. It was just like, ah, yeah, there we go. It's another one of those baseball-aided home runs. Uh, it, look, take take away that one game and then tell me, run his stats again and tell me what the number is, and I'm not going anywhere near him. Two homers and probably a 280-something or 270-something. Yeah. Is, is that something you're, you're rushing out to, to blow up your roster for? I don't think so. It's not. I, I think that's the kind of production I would throw into my middle infield spot if I'm hurting at that particular position. But you're right. I'm not I'm not excited. I feel like Robinson Coe gets a little bit too much hate right now. But you're right. There's not much upside at, at this stage. And I don't know that it's coming back, which, yeah, we won't get into the whole contract thing. How about Paul Goldschmidt's hot streak? Paul Goldschmidt is now homered in three straight games, and I've got to point out that, yeah, it's a three-homer streak. A lot of people do this, but it was in Pittsburgh. It was in PNC Park. That is not a good power ballpark for right-handed hitters. My understanding was he got himself on the list that they keep in the press box for uh, water shots, the, the getting them into the river. I think it was on the bounce in this case. Uh, but anyway, he has seven home runs, 21 RBI in his past 16 games after having slumped quite a bit during the large majority of May and June. That's a 16-game span here covering most of July, but some better performance from him. Are you back in on Paul Goldschmidt being a fantasy superstar? Uh, no. No, I'm not. I mean, you're slicing it the way you're slicing it. Uh, you know, I'm just, just looking since the All-Star break. <laughs> he's hitting 222. I <laughs> think he's had three good games before break. Uh, you know, I, I just... No, I, I think he's still a, a very good player, but is he a superstar player? Not in terms of fantasy. No, he really isn't. I'm concerned about the drop in batting average. I find that bothersome. Oh, it's it's horrific. It's horrific. He was 254 at the break, and, you know, you're saying, oh, wow, look at all these home runs in consecutive games, and he's now at 250. I mean, he, he's dropped. It, it, that's not good. It, it's definitely not. Um there's not an extensive amount of closer material here, but let's ride the carousel nonetheless. There's a big piece of news. The, the closer, closer carousel. At least I think it is. So, AJ, let's get into the closers just because at this time of year it's a kind of an interesting topic. But the big piece of news is Sean Kelly. We mentioned the injury the other day, the right bicep soreness. He did officially land on the IL shortly after we recorded the last show. Uh, and it was immediately mentioned that both Jose Leclerc and Chris Martin would factor into the saves mix. And the reason I consider this relevant is just that Kelly does have the injury history, history previously. So while he might be back in 10 days, it could be a lengthier absence. How would you approach the Rangers' bullpen going forward? Uh, well, I wouldn't. i try to stay away from there. I mean, I suppose the... the pardoned upon the, the hot play would be Jose Leclerc and the cold play would be Chris Martin going forward for the next oh, week or so. <laughs> you got our karaoke. Yeah, I mean, Leclerc is going to get the, the I, I would think, the majority of the chances this week just in the hopes that he hits those days and they can, they can unload him somewhere. I think he, this is definitely showcase week for him. Uh, and then after that, uh, we'll see. Uh, I think it, it really won't be something where he's sticking in that role um, if they can't move them, then, you know, why Why really force the issue there? Go somebody else. 
if I'm going to pick from that bullpen, to your point, you're right. I think it's tough to forecast it over the final two-plus months here. I'm going to go with Jose Leclerc just because of the strikeout potential. I like his stuff, but the control hasn't been there this year. It's it's wavered at times. That's bothersome. And the other issue is just that Leclerc and Martin both have had their names thrown onto the waiver wire there. So we'll see the waiver wire, the trade market. <laughs> Yeah, this, this is yeah. August, and we don't do that anymore. We don't do those waiver trades. That's right. Okay, call foul. We've got to we've got to get Alex Cora out here to question my throwing that in. Oh boy, let's take up another seventeen minutes, right? Um, going through some of the other closer situations. So AJ, we talked with Jeff Passan on Monday about some of the the trade talk that had been going on, and this is one of the spots where I think you know fantasy managers can kind of get a little bit of a head start. So I'd like to get your idea on: Would you stash any particular names behind potential trade chips? Uh, and if so, who are they? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely something you can do. I mean, do, do you do you stash a Craig Salmon just in case? Yeah, I don't think Gates is. Really going anywhere, but it's, it's certainly a possibility, I suppose. Or even you know, even just in, in the case that he's a guy who was a next in line, you stash a bunch of next in lines and, and, and hope for the best. Uh, you know, Edwin Diaz, the Mets said they put him on the trade market, and maybe maybe they'll get something for him. But that, that makes Familia get jumps in. No, I don't want him at all. Uh, he was not too effective yesterday, that's for sure. Oh, I've watched for several years. He got rid of him. I was happy. <laughs> you mean it was more than one day? <laughs> I mean, maybe Ty Buttery is the kind of guy who just, just, and again, it's not a trade situation there, but I just, you know, again, sticking with my uh, Met love, I mean, was <laughs> not someone I, I, I still can't believe he's still doing the job. I, I kind of can't either. I like where you're going with Ty Buttery. I've been a big fan all year. I think he's got closer type stuff. I mean, Cambid Rosen, the way they've been using him, he could be a factor at some point. You know, I, I got to throw a name here. So a, a friend of mine who I'd, I'd just seen yesterday who in my longtime Dynasty League had mentioned this name, and I, I wasn't aware. Uh, Andres Munoz of the Padres can throw over 100 miles per hour with regularity with his fastball. His fastball is amazing. And he pitched in that Mets game. So I, I don't know. I, I when you're when you're speculating guys, that could be your super mega deep NL only sleeper. I I don't know how the Padres bullpen is going to shake out, and I think they can contend. Yeah, it's it's certainly possible there. You know, it's it's also I heard that the you know we're like maybe a week away from Archie Bradley getting another shot. <laughs> you're not a Yoan like, Lopez believer, huh? Uh, no, not really. But I'm certainly I've been burned enough by Bradley that I'm not buying in there either. So it's it's. I just think managers are more managers are going to be under more pressure to get this right because there are so many teams, especially in the National League, where there's so many teams still uh, fighting for that wild card spot. I, I just think there's going to be a lot more quick triggers on that role uh, going forward. And mm-hmm. so, for fantasy purposes, if saves is a category, you are not going to be able to really rely on anybody. It's why I don't like using saves as a category anymore because I just rather have solid pitchers who get your points regardless of the role. Yeah, I've really moved in a, in the direction of saves plus holds or some sort of calculation to that effect. I, I agree. I think it's it's really tough to properly assess fantasy value using saves alone as a category. But, you know, that's, that's why we offer you the opportunity to change your categories in our game. Uh, I'll throw you three names that I think could be 
potential stashes right now, AJ. Daniel Hudson of the Blue Jays with the Ken Giles uh, rumors going on. Race Moranto, we've mentioned those two names quite a bit. I don't know what the Giants are going to do here. Sam Dyson might look like the obvious guy to step in. I think Moranto probably has better long-term closer stuff, so maybe he could uh, get a look there. And in the case of Alex Colomay, the White Sox gets traded. I'm curious to see which, which direction they go. But Aaron Bummer behind him, uh, an extreme ground baller who's had a pretty good year and has worked himself into the setups, setup mix, Maybe there's something there. If you've got a super deep bench, you can stash the name. Uh, it's certainly possible. Like I said, in terms of stashing these these pitchers, uh, do you have the room to stash? And if you do, how many can you stash? Uh, I, I think the beauty of this year is that the trade deadline is locked in, and you know, you're not going to have to worry about this in August. You know, you really aren't. Then it's just performance. It's not movement. And you know, if you want to take the shot for a week. And even and just just stash some of these guys like Bummer and you know go for it and, and you'll know very soon if that was uh, just oh well. Yeah, and if you want to try and specu- uh, uh, scout some of your own players there, want to check them out live yourself. Uh, baseball season is well underway, and there's no better place to get your tickets than on SeatGeek. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place, so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Speaking of being there in person, SeatGeek asked baseball fans from all 30 teams all across the country which stadiums have the best experience. From the food to the traffic, they ranked it all. Want to know where your team ranks? Check them out at www.seekgeek.com slash stadium dash guides and find out what fans said about your own team's local stadium. That's www.seekgeek.com slash stadium dash guides. But whether your team ranked high or low, make sure to get out to a game this season with SeatGeek. And to help you get even more savings on tickets, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. So let's preview the games that are coming up now in case people are checking some of these out. Thursday, we had mentioned on Monday's show, has an early start, 12, 10 p.m. Eastern. So those have probably been underway. Uh, the ESPN Plus game, however, at night on Thursday is the Baltimore Orioles at the Los Angeles Angels. And the Orioles are starting, and I'll do the air quotes around it because it could be one of those openers, Jimmy Yakubonis going up against Jose Suarez. Not a lot of great excitement here, but I'll throw Suarez's name just as a streamer against the Orioles, perhaps. Uh, perhaps, especially because he's someone who's just being called up from AAA, and there might not be a huge book on him, and they, you know, but might not have been expecting it. I think it was supposed to be canning, and they pushed him back a day. So, yeah, you know, why not take a shot? They did. They've been the Angels are in a pretty tough spot. They demoted Dylan Peters. They're uh, they lost Andrew Heaney to the IL. They're having a hard time filling any of those rotation spots. So, yeah. I, I really don't want to go that direction. To be honest with you, I'm not streaming on Thursday. I looked at the list and I kind of said no. Uh, Friday, let's see if it's a better day for that. Uh, the game started 6.40 p.m. with the Rockies and Reds beginning things with an interesting matchup of Herman Marquez and Luis Castillo. Marquez, very up and down performance over the past month, and Castillo's been pretty good for this season so far. Uh, on ESPN Plus at 8.10, we'll have the Cubs at the Brewers. That's Kyle Hendricks at Gio Gonzalez. The Brewers are another team that have had a tough time with keeping
keeping their starting pitchers healthy. They lost Yolis Chassin, presumably to the IL. That move will probably go official very soon uh, on Wednesday. And the Cubs here, I think, as a result, could load up this weekend in terms of offense. It's in a hitter-friendly ballpark in Milwaukee's Miller Park. Yeah, also uh, also on Friday. I mean, I really like Ryan Yarbrough. I, I think uh, it's funny about Ryan Yarbrough. Like, Ryan Yarbrough is going to forever be, uh, if you look at his his uh, profile, he, he's, he finished in the Rookie of the Year voting. You know, he got one vote for... <laughs> <laughs> which gives him, which makes him uh, uh, someone who has that little note next to him. But having said that, I, the, the way the Rays use him, I mean, he, he he's a guy who could easily win 15 games because he comes in and and just pitches after the opener, uh, which means he doesn't have to go five innings and still get he could get a win. I, I like the fact that they're using him in that way. If you're looking for wins, that's the kind of guy who I, who's been pitching well and and is someone I would turn to. And I believe it was two starts ago for him was the one in Baltimore where he was uh, working on the combined perfect game as the follower, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, and I think I think it's time it's time we we we, we revisit the, the the you know the classification of combined no hitters as being something other than no hitter. In this day and age, if you throw a no hitter, it's a no hitter. I don't care how many pitchers use it. Let's not put asterisk next to it and start doing that sort of thing. Yes, I, there's no problem with a team no hitter. I mean, we have team shutouts. They're counted in the stats that way. The individual's not going to get the number four. My take on that one is, is less, less the no-hitter that bothers me. It's that with so many followers and the effectiveness of them, I think the win category, from a rulebook perspective, has to be revisited. That I don't know. I'm, go, I'm going on a tangent too much there, AJ. We'll get way off the rails if we go in that direction. Uh, i got to ask another Mets-related question. Uh, Zach Wheeler. He's expected to come back from the IL on Friday. That will be the home game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, so that should be the opener of this series if I am not mistaken. Yes, because the Padres series mm-hmm. wrapped today as the first game. He'll likely be on a pitch count, however. Would you use him this week? And, and if so, in what formats? I, I rarely use pitchers on their first game back from the injured list, specifically for that reason. Uh, that, that there's usually a pitch count or, there's a, or you know, hey, you got through five, congratulations, let's get you off the field. Uh, I am, I'm just... It's, it's a rare situation, like you know, someone like uh, Max Scherzer, who they are holding out until until they feel he's ready to go. You know, someone like that, I'll hit the ground running. But when it's a pitcher who isn't necessarily your ace and is just coming off the IL, and no, 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 there's no need. Is one of the sleeper matchups of the weekend the Cleveland Indians or the Kansas City Royals? From a pitching perspective, this is Zach Plesak against Jacob Junis. Both pitchers pitching pretty effectively lately or over the past month, having a good uh, couple of outings, especially in Plesak's case. Yeah, I, I like Junis a lot. I, I, I think he's done well. I, I think there's a lot of sneaky good pitchers uh, on the Royals. It's not so, it doesn't necessarily show up. Brad Keller is another one. Who I, just, I just think, you know, yeah, you have to play the matchup game a little bit, but when they're on hot streaks, I do you think this is a staff that does pretty well, uh, especially for fantasy stats? They may not be flashy. They may not be getting the double-digit strikeouts like all the Indians pitchers, but I, I like the Royals staff in general. They've been pitching well. Keller had another good game yesterday. 
uh, and the Royals, when I did the July schedule analysis, actually had one of the most favorable schedules for pitchers. So keep that in mind. I'll have to put uh, an August schedule column up there pretty soon uh, using the forecaster numbers. So look for that in the coming uh, days. Saturday's games begin at 3.07 p.m. Eastern, a very strange start time for the weekend set here. It's not a whole ton of day games. There's only four of them. Uh, and there aren't any ESPN national games here. But when we look at the Saturday schedule themselves, we have that, that key series going on with the Braves and the Phillies. And there was a little bit of a, a kind of a confusion as to whether Aaron Nola was going to get a start in the series. He will now on Sunday. The other is that Max Fried will rejoin the Braves on Saturday. So, AJ, going with your pitchers fresh off the IL, I'm going to assume that you sit him. But Freed's return, is there any interest even from a long-term perspective? Uh, yeah, I think from a long-term perspective, I mean, he's still a matchups pitcher for me. Um, obviously, uh, you know, once I see him pitch and see exactly where how he looks uh, back, he might rise up the ranks. Uh, but he's in, he's in that that range for me of you know you got twenty five must starts generally at any given time, and then you know twenty six through seventy five are you're probably going to start them, and then there's the next. 15 or so who are, are like the matchup plays and he's in there for now. He could move into the, the higher, the second tier with a good start. So I, I think that's promising. I think it is, too. I think he's a definite stash for me, and I'm with you on the matchups idea going forward. His breaking pitches early in the year were, were fueling a lot of the success. So I do think there might be something there. I'm kind of cautiously interested. I guess I'll put it that way. Sunday's games have a 1.05 p.m. Eastern start. Of course, Sunday uh, usually is loaded up with the day games. And one of them is the ESPN Plus game of the Texas Rangers at the Oakland A's. Uh, the Rangers, I do believe in this game, are going to use uh, one of their, their opener slash followers. It might be the... Is that the Adrian Sampson game or is that Ariel Girado? I think it's Girado against Mike Fires. Fires actually has had a kind of a decent performance here and there over the past, I'd say, month plus. Uh, would you use him in that game? I might use him in that game, absolutely. I, you know, the thing is, on a Sunday game, and what I really like about Sundays, and there's a lot of pitchers pitching on Sunday, like Chris Archer certainly jumps out at me, Sonny Gray, um, Chris Paddock after his uh, last outing. These are pitchers who I think are all-or-nothing type pitchers. Like when they're on, they are on, and when they're bad, they're awful. But they're pitching on a Sunday. It's the last day of a week, weekly head-to-head scoring period. So you know where you are uh, versus your opponent. It's you don't need to start these guys. Don't start them. Don't risk it. But if you're trailing, throw them in there because these are the type of guys who, if they're hot, they can totally win your game for you. So if you're already down 40 points. Who cares if, if Archer gives up eight runs in the first inning? It, you've already lost. Um, but he could also throw you know, a two-hit shutout. Yeah, it's the day actually where I most load up on uh, streaming starters. If not, I try to load them up on Saturday, and it looks like another week where that's going to be the case. Uh I see Danny Duffy there pitching for Kansas City in that game. Of course, he faces Trevor Bauer. That's a tough one. Um, in this case, actually, you know, Kyle notes here, and I, I kind of underestimated Fire's performance lately. April 20th is the last time he's allowed more than three earned runs in a start. I think he's got something like, Kyle, is it a seven or eight game quality start st- uh, streak right now? Yeah, he's rolling, and people don't really notice. Like, I don't know if it's a name thing, AJ. Is that is that what's going on here? He doesn't have a great name. Is that why people aren't noticing? He's got a great name. Fire! Fire! What's wrong with fire? Why aren't people noticing? Hey, Mike I, fires, I need something. Fires. Well, it's West Coast late game bias, of course. 
I think we just all remember that tough spring training he had and that one not so good uh, outing in Japan to start his year. It's like that. That's what cast a shadow over his whole year. He's been a pretty effective pickup for the A's in a, a calendar year. Twelve straight quality starts. That's crazy. Twelve straight. That's yeah. got to be the active leader. You would think so. I mean, it's he's not giving up anything. Like, he, sure, he's not going to complete a game, and he's not striking out really even that's over well, five. Ding, ding. But anything. That's the reason, yeah. <laughs> the Sunday night baseball game is the finale of the big New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox series. I can't believe it. I buried the lead in our schedule part of this. The Yankees and the Red Sox, did you know they play this weekend? They do. Uh, the Yankees have been hitting like crazy, and Boston's pretty far behind them, but they're still a very effective team. In this game, it's going to be Domingo Herman against Chris Sale. So, AJ, I've got to talk the broad series perspective here. What approach are you taking, especially with the Yankees and the Twins coming up with a series where they just beat up on each other's pitching? Um, well, certainly the hitters look really good, don't they? <laughs> definitely use as many hitters as I can. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know that there's necessarily the same type of carryover uh, in terms of pitching performance, especially when you're talking about teams that know each other this well, when you're deeper into a season with rivals who generally these staffs tend to face these teams over and over and over again, uh, I, I don't think hot or cold enters into it at this point in terms of, of the batting. I'm going to start the pitchers who I think are doing well, but I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, I'm not starting the Red Sox pitchers because the Yankees are hot. That, that's ridiculous. Rick Porcello pitches the Thursday game for the Red Sox. Andrew Kashner pit. <laughs> I knew that was coming, Kyle. Andrew Kashner is pitching the Friday game for the Red Sox, and James Paxton is pitching the Friday game for the Yankees. Yes, this will be very interesting. Remember the last time these two teams faced each other, they scored about eight hundred thousand runs in a two-game. And yet, series. I'm still I'm still starting all the Yankees. I, I'm, not, I'm not worrying about that aspect of it. I'm, I might not start <laughs> Mr. Porcello, per se, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to... You'll start Paxton? Out of my lineup on Sunday, you know? <laughs> You're going to start Paxton and CC Sabathia? Yeah, I'm, I, I, would start, I would start them all. I, I absolutely would. I, I, I just, like, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it. If I'm there's a cap, I'm out. If there's a cap in my starts, and I have a couple leagues where all it's right. really strict. Well, I'm, I'm starting Domingo and James, without a question. CC, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll worry about my cap. Well, Tanaka, too. Don't forget him. He's no, it's not Tanaka. I got no problem there. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I got no problem. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in on him, too. So, um, Monday's games, just to note in advance, uh, they're, they start at 7.05 p.m. Eastern, so you'll have a little time there to set your lineups, but uh, that'll take care of the schedule for now, and after this, we will get to your hash browns. Rick Porcello. Yeah, you thought you were casually just going to slip him in there, and I wasn't going to notice. We had this whole Mike Miner, Mike Leak thing, and now you're trying to slip Porcillo in there. I see what you're doing, Tristan. What did we have? We didn't see what you're doing here. What with the where? And I don't like it. (laughs) Tyler Chatwood pitched the. Pitched well. (laughs) I was hoping he'd get a fifth inning and try to get the win, but four strong innings for my guy Chatwood. Five strikeouts. He's doing his thing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me cough again. We don't want you coughing. We can't have you uh, going down in flames here. Not at least until Eric gets back. <laughs> All right, so we went to Twitter. We wanted your hash browns. We got a lot of good ones. Always the day before the podcast. Hashtag 06010MLB, and I am happy to read your best. Iceberg wants to, wants you guys to make him look smart. Which reliever should he add now that will gain significant value as we approach the deadline? 
So, uh, Kyle, I would like to splice this show and bat the pitcher in the ninth spot. Got that it. Would be, that would be the closer carousel we rode, and then I'll, I'll move this part over to the closer carousel and DH it. Noted. Wait, I can't do that, right? Uh, it's under review, Tristan. We'll, we'll finish the show, and then we, we can figure it out later. Uh, AJ, who did I miss? Who did you? I don't think you missed anybody. I think we we, we covered it. So like I said, my, my my choice would be Kai Butchery. I think you were talking about Bummer. So I think there, there's our there's our top two. So there's no Bummer, Dyson dude. love here. I, I'm not a Dyson guy. Huh? Are you? I'm I'm not. I don't know if you're asking me or well, AJ. My, but my, my, my rug needs to be vacuumed. Does that count? I mean, a Dyson vacuum. I got that reference, AJ. I got it. I know it wasn't movie related. I uh, you know, <laughs> we used to sell them at Target. So you know, play to my strengths. I'm surprised they haven't gone to products as movies. You know, Dice in the movie. Sure. Well, you know, it's like Coupon the movie. I mean, come on. All right, uh, Iceberg. <laughs> so go get Buttry if he's available. I'm with AJ how, on that one. I like him a lot. How about uh, two names I'll throw just as uh, other stashes? Joe Jimenez, very, very popular name behind Shane Green. Hunter Strickland of the Mariners. Your thoughts on either ones? <laughs> Strickland, as long as he doesn't have to face, face Harper, right? This show has been strongly anti-Strickland all year. Yeah. No, it has been. <laughs> but value's value. You're coming down the stretch here. You need some saves, whether it's Roto or head-to-head. Oh, man. All right. Next up is Alex. He wants to know who you're watching down the stretch if you play in a dynasty league. He's focused more on the future than he is the present. Uh-oh. Call foul. Jeff's going to call foul on you. Yeah, you know, we'll see if we have Jeff back after that craziness. But After the, his quality <laughs> singing. It was well worth it. That way upstaging my singing on this show. I will respect the dynasty. But you get the volume of singing. He got one, like he had a great game. But come to me when you're Ezekiel Elliott getting carries every week like Tristan does. Who with the what? Never yeah. heard of that. What sport is that? I, you know, it's coming up. <laughs> is it? What's the news on that, by the way? We've got the big uh, live show next week, right? The live show next week, daily, August 5th, Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. We'll be going 10 a.m. every morning. We'll be live on Twitter, and we'll post the podcast every afternoon. Nice. Yeah. We look forward to it. All right, so let's get to this actual question about Dynasty players. AJ, who are your guys you're watching? Well, uh, we're talking down the road. We're not talking this year. I, I actually am intrigued by Victor Victor Mesa down at uh, down the Florida State League. Uh you know he's one of those Cuban imports, so he's he's not he's not young. He's 23. He can easily be with the team next year, uh, Miami. Uh, I I think he's an intriguing guy who might be able to give you some speed there. He's not going to give you much power, but uh, you know we're talking about the dearth of speed in the majors. This is a guy who could conceivably be playing next year at some point and giving you some steals. Focusing on three major leaguers who I think their keeper value comes into play uh, right now, Victor Robles. We've talked about Victor Robles's quality of contact quite a bit on the show, but I need to know just what he is as a hitter down the stretch, and it's going to have it's going to have a judgment on what his keeper value is next year. He'll either be a franchise chip or he'll be a steals contributor with some question marks at the bat. So definitely keeping an eye on that. Kevin Biggio, I want to see exactly what he is down the stretch what level he can elevate his keeper potential up to Austin Meadows with the extremely streaky year. Uh, very much want to see just what um, what exactly he is down the stretch. If I'm looking at minor leaguers, 
I'm going to be a homer here. I'm going to throw Davey Garcia. I, I, there's been so much buzz about this guy after how great he was in Double A that I want to see exactly how he responds to Triple A performance here. And the other is, what if he does get thrown into the Yankees bullpen late in the season, like they did so many years ago? With I'm cursing him by saying Jabba Chamberlain's name is one example. <laughs> but like, what does Garcia shape up as for the Yankees? Is he a, a premium candidate for next year's rotation? Uh, you know that that might be dictated over the next several weeks. Sure. And another another guy, of course, you know, Toronto and Bo Bichette is, is you were you were talking BGO. I'm, I'm going to talk Bo Bichette. Uh, you know, Freddie Galvis, he's, there's no reason to play him after this week. You know, give, fine, showcase him, trade him, please. And then let's, let's start, start with Bo. All righty, we got Andrew writing in. He wants to know how long we have to see Yuri Guriel crush the baseball until we buy in for the rest of the season. Or are we already there with him? I'm not. I'm not. He's not a power hitter. I just, I, <laughs> Eric can correct me on Monday. Please feel free. I, he's not a power hitter. I, I think this is a mirage. I, and, hey, that's great if you're choosing the orange. You're getting great quality orange juice, and there's been a lot of it, and maybe there'll be a little bit more of it. But this is a dude who, he's already set a professional career high uh, in home runs with 20, and there's a lot of season left. And based on his natural ability, which is based on contact, not on raw power, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets only five homers the rest of the year. Interesting, interesting. I, I don't know if I'd go as low as five, but I, I don't necessarily think he reaches 30 for the year. I'll give you there. Um, but I, I do like the batting average has been consistent throughout the course of his career, so that's really nice to see. Uh, and he doesn't really strike out all that much, which is also, you know, from a points league standpoint, it's why he's in the, in the top 75 amongst hitters, because he, he, you don't have to worry about that strikeout uh, killing you. Yeah, I, I just, I keep looking at him, and I can't, I just can't get, I think high floor. AJ, I think you're right. I, I like what he gives you in terms of batting average. I just I can't fully believe on the believe on the power. Eh, who knows? Anyway, uh, hiring used to be hard. Uh, multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done: ZipRecruiter.com/Caravel. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This one isn't a question as much as it is an observation. Did you notice AJ was juicing a lemon earlier in the show? Yes. Yes, I did. Interesting. I'm sure it's delicious. It's got to be sour, but... you got to add it to your guac. Okay. Oh yeah. That's that's a quality recovery, AJ. Well done. Okay. Thank you. We'll we'll let that go. This show cannot have its protest upheld. No. No, nope. we can't go there. Not after that. Yeah. 
especially after that quality trolling of Eric here for me. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. I feel like he's watching me for... Gurriel's gonna hit 30 homers. He's got eyes everywhere. We'll, we'll ask him on Monday what the over-under is for Gurriel. We'll see if we can oh, get Oh, we know there. his over-under. <laughs> What's the number? Was it 30? He threw 30. We I, debated this I, like two two weeks ago. Didn't remember the exact number. Wow, okay. Well, he's because the- we contrasted him against a power-based hitter, and that was what threw me. Got it. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got two more here. JR notes that AJ has Swanson and Ahmed Rosario right next to each other. Having a hard time deciding between the two, he says. He wants you to sell them on one or the other. Well, I have them right next to each other, so obviously I don't feel too strongly about one over the other. Strong takes, that. AJ. We're here for the strong takes. Hey, hey. Lemon in your guac. I'm have a part B. I'm going to squeeze that lemon and make lemonade. All right, so, you know, Ahmed... KBB rate is very low, and that's what makes him ben- beneficial there. Uh, but the speed helps. The speed helps. Uh, you know, Swanson, uh, not as much on the speed, a little more power. So it, 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 it's 6-1 half the other. In a category-based league, obviously, uh, whichever one you need. You need the speed, you definitely go Rosario. You need the power, you definitely go Swanson. I would say that I would be concerned about Ahmed's strikeouts, but the speed ameliorates that enough that he's probably the better uh, points league player. But it's, it's not like a huge wide margin, hence the rankings so close to go. <laughs> they had banished the awful lemon tree forever because it was haunted. Oh, Lemon! Oh, man, that's... What do you think of that album, anyway? That was uh, Zeropa, wasn't it? I, I, I have not been a fan for many years. I, I don't okay. like a lot of the more recent stuff. I was very disappointed by that album in particular. That's just AJ or uh, Kyle way before your t- like way 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 before your time. I couldn't even you give ever- you borderline what you're talking about right now. Other Post than they- hum, uh, I'm out, you know. Oh wow, no Octon? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you two is a little before your time. Kyle, you know, other than the fact that they put every album on your iPod, so I've heard of them. I I don't know their music, but I've at least heard of them. This is a step forward. Oh yeah, it's great starting your car, and all of a sudden the, the, the that Wolves song. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I like them, but I don't know. We, we we'll disagree on Octung. It's all good. We'll probably disagree on Ahmed Rosario too. I I'm not a fan. I'm just not. It's all steel. I to your point, you're right. It's needs, and if you need the steals, I'm going that direction. And he's been very good lately, but. I, I don't think he's that great a natural hitter. I don't think the hit tool is all that great. So, But he gives great handshakes. Did you see him and Robinson the other day? Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> I'm I'm going to lobby to make handshaking a category in my fantasy league. Yep, that'll replace quality starts. <laughs> Better than saves or steals. Ouch. Boy, I hate those. P- I just, I, I can't get them anyway. Goodness. All right, last question for the day is Mark. He wants to know what the dynasty feel for Jose Ramirez now. Tristan's got him at 25, overall third base 7. What's more likely, he returns to his top 10 form, or he's never again a top 50 player? Hmm, that is a well-worded question. Because I think he's more likely to have a year of top 10 overall value because he's still stealing bases. But I would say that from the overall judgment in a dynasty league, <laughs> he is never again top 50 is the right answer. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, just look at his July. is 314 batting average, 953 OPS. It's, he had a bad couple of months. He had an awful couple of months. 
but you know, if you start and stop, pick your pick your end point and start point. I think he can definitely have another top ten season in him. And I'm with you. I, I think he can do it once. And maybe he can do it more than that. I, I think he's a very good player, and I don't know why we're all so horribly down on him. Well, I, don't, I just, I just don't think that the fact that the fact that he's doing this well for for a, a month, uh, you know, suddenly makes him never again top fifty. I, I just think that's way too extreme. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the shift of the swing going for power last year was. I guess I should have been more bothered by it than I thought, but. I don't know. I, I I need to see some recovery of the batting average, and he didn't have it last year. He was a 270 hitter. That's all we got for today. Again, just come back with the hash browns. I'll put out a tweet Sunday afternoon. Hit us. We'll be back with Eric and Tristan on Monday to get your best questions, get you moving forward. I mean, there's not much time left in the baseball season. If you're going to make your move, mm-hmm. that was kind of the time. Yeah. Yep, trade deadline approaching. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah I'm just going to go play first base for a batter or two, and then when you <laughs> need me to come back in and, and relieve again, just you know, you know where to find me. That your your weekend thing, and then on Monday we're calling you right back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have to wait the ten days, right? We just got to remember where to slot you into the roster for the show. So got to get that filed, settled, all that. All good. Yep. Anyway, happy National Hot Fudge Sunday Day. Yeah. You can see where my brain is. <laughs> Already hungry. On lunch, yeah, why not? Lunch. I like it. I like where you're going. Lunch, a hot fudge Sunday for lunch. You're eating dessert first? You're an adult. You can do whatever you want, Tristan. That's one of the beautiful things about adulthood. There aren't many, but that's one of them. <laughs> that is indeed. Well, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you, of course, to AJ Mass for filling in this week for Eric. Thanks, AJ. And uh, we will continue to follow your work, including your great points leagues rankings. The next one is Monday. It should very well be. Should very well be. We look forward to that. Thank you, of course, to Kyle Soppy, who's pressing all the buttons and definitely giving me a hard time about Mike Miner. <laughs> Thanks He's for doing that. He's just not good. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. We, uh, we will see how that plays out over the next several weeks. Anyway, that will do it for today. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. It's been the Fantasy Focus Baseball. Thanks for listening. Everything is awesome. Darkness.